I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Now, the clock is against them. They've got to steal this game. Going past his one Tony must get the goal. Lines up. Welcome to the review of Essendon's 2015 season and what do we call it? Primers. Primers of 2016. Yeah, yep. That's um, what we're going with. Josh is on daddy duties again, so we've got our Essendon correspondent, Will, back in the saddle. How are you doing, Will? Very good. Thank you very much. Um, did such a great job last time. We had you know people flooding in saying, we want more Will. <laughs> you don't have to patch it. Right. <laughs> no, it's, we, we did have to block your email address. But <laughs> um, so we are recording this um, before the... Wada Asada result has come in. So the, I mean, the good side of that is we, we can't really talk about it. But um, beyond that, there was an article in the paper that said they're going to have to wait until mid-January yep. or something like that, which the Essendon players were annoyed with. Yeah. Just can't imagine why. No, yeah. Any, geez, players, have some patience. <laughs> These things have a process they need to go through. Stop trying to rush. But um, anyway, it's going to be a better 2016 regardless because whatever the decision is, it's going to be gone. And that's good. Well, Strange any decision about it, really. Strange thing, thinking that it'll be over. Yeah, mm. so there's players there like Danaher. It's probably been his whole career. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just been under Actually, that. And especially, um, oh, what's the two coaches they got now? If I can always get McKenna mixed up with Worsfold. Um, Worsfold, mm. yeah, yeah. And you got, I mean, they came from clubs which were pretty contentious with their issues. So I think even for them, would be pretty happy to have them sorted out now. Just be like, fucking, just gonna get back to coaching. Yeah, but they knew what drugs they were taking. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That. And theirs were actually performance enhancing. <laughs> Um, so let's have a look. I mean, uh, 2015, they ended up 15th with six wins, but it was clearly a season of two halves. Yeah. Kind of. Um, there was pre um, water appeal and post. And it's always like they didn't have an off season because there's always just shit going on. Yeah. It was pretty hard to relax and get away from it. And Couldn't train either. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, oh, had, had the ring-ins come in? Mm. Yeah. That's um, right. I one of them that. is back on the list as well. Yeah, which one was that? Uh, Mitch Brown. Mitch Brown. Yeah. Um, I thought it was actually one of the highlights of the year when... Uh, uh, they had their their own Mad Monday in March. <laughs> <laughs> the ring-in players, yeah, pretty good. Um, you got to make the most of those kind of situations. But I mean, end of the day, like I said, uh, one or two have got another chance at the big time. So yeah, some goods come of it. Yeah, they almost all like um, uh, patched up. Um, almost like the Mighty Ducks or something like that. Where you've major got, league, uh, yeah, major <laughs> league. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, where you just get a squad together. Um, but not the only ones. I think North Melbourne have followed along the same vein, except uh, for different reasons. So it's just the only people that want to go to North Melbourne are castaways from other clubs. Well, I'm going to say Carlton have gone very heavy in GWS's NEFL side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, the rest of the AFL just goes to town on GWS's AFL side. But even they don't want to go to Carlton. <laughs> Um, so looking back at 2015, I think if we look at the best win for Essendon, it's quite clearly it's the Hawthorne game in round two. I'd almost, if, in terms of the quality of opponent, obviously it was the best. But um, I actually think the Melbourne win was, it wasn't better, but it, it gave me a lot more hope than the Hawthorne win because that win was driven by a lot of the young players who weren't, um, who weren't involved in the wider stuff. Yeah, guys yeah like, the next generation. Type. Yeah, and it, it gave us a real sense of like, this is what these guys can be capable of um, if everything sort of goes to plan, which it, which, which it did that when, day. When, it, when in the season was that? Was that? It was uh, about round 15. Yeah, it was the, say towards. Yeah. yeah, and it was also, the other good thing was it was the week after the St Kilda debacle as well, where we got pumped by about 110 yeah, so or something. And we are going to talk about that game too. Yeah, can't wait for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, Melbourne have been a bit of the bogey side for Essendon too. Yeah. Even though like <laughs> Melbourne have been shit for a lot longer than mm. anybody else. <laughs> but they've always found a way to beat Essendon for some reason. Mm. So I guess it was that little monkey off your back. Yeah. And you take the little things when you can. 
Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I always thought the obvious one would have been Hawks, just like you said, based on the quality of opposition. But um, one I think well that was good for different reasons was the round twenty three against um, Collingwood. Because mm, even yeah. though both teams aren't playing finals, they put on a really good. Like, it was game of the round, more or less. It was the only game that sort of was played in. Um, you know, some serious people tried. Yeah, yeah. people tried. <laughs> And considering you could see how worn down they were off a, from a long off season of all that bullshit and having to go through it through the main season as well, you could see they were worn out halfway through. Um, weren't really sure of what's going to happen in the off season. Had no resolution to their problems. Yet came out and gave the fans something to sort of be excited about going into off season. Um, I thought it showed a lot of heart and a lot of character of the players that are there. And you can tell that they're there for the long haul. There, they want to get the club back to where it was. And yeah, so I thought as a, a supporter. I mean, one of those wins you'd be happy with because it's, Carl, it's Collingwood as well, so you're always happy to score one over them. So, yeah. me, yeah, I thought that was a good one. Yeah. Say, like we say with Essendon, if they have wins over Collingwood and Carlton during the year, it's been a good year. Oh, and yeah. Hawthorne. Yeah. And, and Hawthorne, of course. Yeah. Um, it's uh, on the others. I mean, they only had six wins, mm. but the ones they had were all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you still got to have something, and um, you know, in, in a year where they lost Hurd as coach. Um, yeah. Maybe a couple of years too late, it, just to shut off, you know, the that side of that the, side of it. Yeah. And now I think Paul Little has stepped yeah, down at the last yeah. AGM. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that was always going to be the plan. That yeah. Once this, once the wire stuff was gone, that he would <clears throat> here we go as well. I think the only sad thing about that was it wasn't released in an open letter to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Little we didn't hold a press conference for it, which is got all of them framed at home. <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they hand delivered by the, yeah. of the membership department? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing with the Hawks win at the start of the season almost gave the fans some false hope about what to expect for the rest of the season. Well, because Hawthorne um, belted Geelong in round one, mm. yeah, so I think they so. looked unbeatable. Yeah, um, so I feel like it almost set them up for. More heartache than they deserved. <laughs> so it's kind of those ones where you're like, yeah, we won. And then you're like, how do we do that? The whole thing. Like, oh, I can do this rest of the season. Yeah. And then you realise, well, it was kind of an anomaly that was there. So I think the wins towards the end of the season show putting a bit more heart, a bit more effort. And it gives you something to hang your hat on going into off-season. Going, all right, we can, we've got light. There's a way out. Mm. And it showed as well... Um what the structure of the side would probably look like as well next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was still Watson was out. So yeah. yeah, I think a few others off the top of my head, but yeah, um, escaping at this stage. Um, so on the other side of the coin, then the worst loss is obviously 110 points to St Kilda. Um, mm, yeah, round 14, which is you just kind of. When was the last time St Kilda won by 100? It's got to be five or six years. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Most of the time, they're down 40 points after the first quarter and got to find their way back. So it's pretty hard for Saints to win by 100. I'm sure Ross Lyon would have held some team about 20 points or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even with the St Kilda game, like, it's not actually that clear that it was the worst loss. I mean, yeah. the Adelaide game was just as much. And yeah. That was the final yeah. final game for Hurt yeah. as well. Yeah. And 90 points to the Bulldogs. And, and efforts. Like, it was, you just see the fatigue in a lot of the players. And the worst thing is losing when you don't show heart. Like yeah. you're used to, especially for a proud club like Essen. Was it the GWS game? Was this this team is this club is fucked? Yeah, is, yeah, is that, that the GWS it. one? Yeah. So I mean, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah um, quite an accurate um, diagnosis. I can say, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like he was lying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just repeating what the fans were doing over the fence. I think, <laughs> and especially with the Saints' loss, um, they beat them earlier in the year. I think it was around five. Yeah, they got over them by two points. And what was a close, hard-fought game? That was a real sort of we fell over the line. Win yeah, yeah. One. yeah. Yeah, and so to, to, to go down to the same, well, a team that you would think you were better than. Um, you yeah. should be better than. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and things were looking up at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they put Sydney to the sword for three quarters yeah. in round one yeah. and really show what they could do. Um, round two, uh, it wasn't like Hawthorne had an off day. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. Essendon just absolutely beat them. Um, and then, yeah, it's, obviously it fell away from there. But... Um, uh, on a player front, um, who do we reckon had standout years? Because I, I think there was some absolute standouts. I think the two big ones. Especially down back. Yeah. Miller yeah. and Hooker, actually. Yeah. Uh, 1A and 1B. They were... I mean, when you're giving up 170 points, 150 points, and losing by 100 points, and still able to say the defence did their job. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah. They... Yeah, I shudder to think what we would be like without them, to be honest. Yeah. Probably... That's- the premier back two mm. for the season. Yeah, and I thought like unexpectedly so from the start of the season. I think yeah. the ones that really came, we 
it wasn't a role that I would have assigned to them, but they put their hand up and owned it and done really well. Well, especially Hurley, because he's been yeah. one of those players that's bounced around. They yeah. tried to make him into the next key forward for them. Yeah. Um, and it sort of, you know, it worked some weeks and didn't work others. Yeah. Um, but it, it was not only his best season, but by far his most consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's probably, you know, two or three games where you can say he got beaten. Yeah. And, and that's it. Well, even that Melbourne game when Hogan had Hogan. been destroying, yeah. you know, season opponents left, right, and center, and yeah. Hurley took rants apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I spent probably half a game just watching Hurley, and it was just night and day how much yeah, yeah. dominated. Yeah. Which was which Essendon game did we go watch live this year? Well, I saw the Hawthorne one. Was I there for the that one? First one. Well, we saw Richmond Essendon, which might was have been, uh, might have been that one. Where we saw I both Richmond Essendon played games. really well, and that's the one where I really noticed um, sort of him. It's almost like he adopted that role himself. I don't know what the, structure, the instructions were from coaches, if it was sort of intentional that he was going to go there or if he happened to float back there one day and they were like, hang on, we can work with this. Yeah. But it seemed like that game where he stood out um, and no one else did as well. So I think it was, for, it was probably the Dreamtime game, which is yeah. Fletcher's 400th. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it would have been that one actually. And I think, I mean, it's pretty hard to get players to a club that's got that much troubles, but someone like that is sort of the example of... of what players you need and what culture you're going to try and build, you know, out of the ashes of whatever the fuck is going to be the result of yeah. all yeah. that shit. So, um, well, yeah, you want players who <clears throat> who bleed for the club, and yeah, exactly. Booker and Hurley definitely do that. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. you can argue about whether Carlisle was as talented as 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 those two, but I think Carlisle's best is, mm. um, but obviously his worst yeah. is yeah, a lot down. Mm. Yeah, um, but Hooker made fullback his. His mm. like there was no doubt about it. I mean, he still goes down forward and kicks a goal. against yeah. Hawthorne. Mm. He, he couldn't kick that goal if he tried another hundred times. He, yeah. he won't get it again. Yeah. Um. You know, but it's, it's great that he's got a highlight besides chasing Franklin down the wing. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. was just so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> His main highlight is just chasing Franklin's ass yeah. half the ground. I like that even he acknowledged <laughs> yeah. it when Franklin got um, traded to uh, to Sydney. He's like, well, at least I can see the end of that highlight. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's no. coming back. <laughs> yeah, you ask Brad Johnson about that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's the worst. Where you, we, you know that you cannot give up chasing, otherwise you're gonna cop it. But you know you got no chance of catching him. And so it's yeah, almost like a dog chasing his tail. You're like, fuck this, man. I, a couple of years ago in the Rugby World Cup, I remember um, South Africa had a winger who was just the fastest man out there. Right. There's quite a few times where he'd get a lead on someone and they just go, no, nah, fuck that. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, you're right. And he yeah. start jogging. And that was the end of it. <laughs> I remember there's some Canadian dude as well who was a sprinter and he obviously made the Canadian... Canadian sevens or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, as soon as he get it, just bolt down the side of the field and everyone's like, the fuck is this <laughs> shit, man? <laughs> it's almost like not having offside in soccer and just standing by the goals and just dunk, yeah. get in. Um, so Hurley and Hooker, I think, were a clear standouts. How, how'd they go in the... Uh, is it the Dick Reynolds medal? Uh, Crichton. Crichton medal. Yeah. Uh, Hurley won. Yeah, uh, I thought he... Hurley and Hooker were one and two. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, it was it was going to be one of those two. Besides them, I thought also thought that Bagley had his best mm. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was uh, really consistent. Um, and I think he made the All-Australian squad. Really Not the team, but the he, squad. Yeah, I think he yeah. may have. Um, which is, is fair enough. Um, yeah. But it's good recognition for, you know... Um, someone that doesn't always get uh, the the highlights or the accolades. Yeah, um, a workhorse. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's in a position where he's never going to be in. He's never going to be featured in a highlight. But yeah, um, and even again, those games where we were losing by by so much, you could just see how how much the effort was. Wor- there. Yeah, and yeah. how much worse it would have been if guys like Bagley weren't there. But um, I think that Bagley was a real success for for um, Essendon's recruiters because. Um, so sort of the mid to late nineties, we were we were obviously a really really poor defensive team, and yeah. um, there were games like I mean when Mark Lacroix was kicking twelve goals on us, and yeah. Jared Grant kicked six goals, <laughs> the immortal Jared Grant kicked six goals on the us, the microphone, yeah. Here. And it was it was a real it's a really really good that they were able to find this sort of nuggety small defender who was able to just lock down that that small That's forward. He's yeah. Got a little bit of mongrel about him, a little bit of dirt. Yeah. He's, he's a 70s back, back pocket player. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure he's doing his plumbing apprenticeship. Yeah. Or <laughs> it's got to be. See, I wonder if it's no coincidence that he's um, uh, improved or, or arisen when Sheedy's come back. Because mm. you can just see Sheedy's probably like, oh, that's my boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. And the other, other thing is that I remember 
uh, the start of the season, we did our chopping block and who's on there. And I think we named McKernan as the one for the Bombers whose yep. head was on the chopping block. And I think he did a couple of good things, better than I expected him to do. But especially yep. with when you, if you lose Ryder and uh, Carlisle, obviously not really yep. interested in playing for the whole season. Yeah. Um, you need someone to be able to show that they're at least trying and attempting. And he was in B's for a fair while, wasn't he? He was, because he was a rookie, so he was unable to play for the first uh, half right. of the year. And then he was upgraded, I think, after the... After the West Coast game or something, something like that. Like that yeah. yeah, but um, it's a real um, testament that the effort that he showed. Mm. Um, he got um, so he's no longer rookie listed. He's on the yeah. full yep. list this yep. year. Yep. Um, I think it's great because he was given impossible tasks. Yep. Yeah, a, yep. you know, um, let's say six foot one, maybe six foot two, yeah. um, playing in ruck, you know, playing against you know uh, Jacobs and Goldstein, Goldstein, yeah. and um, so it's one of those things where you'd expect one out of ten for him, and he got mm. a two out of ten. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, you exactly. did better than you expected. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially in that role. Um, the other thing is I'm impressed is that they got thirty-seven thousand members already in the off-season for you know a team that could struggle to draw it's a crowd been, for yeah. So the most time the fans have been belted. Yeah, um, but, but I found it's funny with those established Victorian teams. It seems the worse they do, the more members they start to get. <laughs> like when Richmond had their worst year ever and had our highest membership base when we got the wooden spoon, I believe it was. Well, well that's was, Richmond. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> backwards as fuck. <laughs> there is one exception to the rule, though. <laughs> Who's that? Carlton. Yeah, yeah Carlton. Really yeah. struggling. Then the members that they did have, it's almost like they had five people that bought twenty thousand memberships each and just cracked it up to a hundred thousand. <laughs> They've always struggled with the rules, Carlton. <laughs> Ever since the draft and salary cuts been brought yeah. in. It's great. It's, great. Say, yeah, it's awesome, yeah. This is why we talk about this on an Essendon podcast. Yeah. And it's almost um, like Merle Storm and had that different room set up for dodgy deals. It's like, it's not enough just to have a book that you hide under a bench somewhere, have our own little secret room set up, I think it was behind a cupboard or some shit, where you actually conduct your dodgy business. And Carlton had busy, you know, their own, <laughs> own whole structure there. <laughs> Um, they deal in brown paper bags. They do it very yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get them from the source. See, that, that's how smart they were. Yeah. They even went, they're saving money on the brown paper bags. It doesn't matter where you get them from because they all got together and organised how much you pay from anywhere, so <laughs> don't matter. Um, even though he only played half a season, I thought Collier um, was mm. one oh, of the yeah. standouts. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it, actually. And probably especially because I got to see the, the Hawthorne game live, um, but how impressive he was that... Um, he, he's got enough uh, muscle on him that he can't get pushed off the ball but yep. still has that explosive pace out of the packs Collier went from a, a sort of bit part forward pocket player who drifted in and out of games to probably one of our most important midfielders and absolutely really, yeah. it was really noticeable when he when he went when yep. he, he was injured how, how much we missed that sort of line breaking pace and, mm. and his delivery as well is just it's pretty damn yeah, good yeah. it's exceptional for a team that really struggled with with sort of foot skills for a, for a long, long time. Yeah. Having that guy who can just pinpoint a pass on the run at his at his speed. Is at, just at top really, speed. Yeah. I mean, I think he'd be, you know, in the elite for speed when it comes mm. to the AFL, not yeah. just for the yeah. for the Bombers. But, yeah. Um, it was a real shame. Like, even though, you know, Essendon losing is still one of life's great <laughs> pleasures. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed watching him play just mm. as a fan of footy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last player I, I had down who had a, a good year was uh, uh, Pig Hibbard. Um, I, I thought he was pretty consistent um, throughout. Again, without being a star, he's one of those yeah. um, glue around the club, you know, around the team. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of those guys that didn't get his colours lowered too yeah. too many times. Again, being part of that defence is always sort yeah. of on a hiding to nothing, but he managed to play his role. Yeah. And, well. and at the same time, it's a team that only had six wins for the year. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that they're standouts yeah. or better yeah. players were in the back six yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of others um, I think Merritt Zach Merritt had a really 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 good year Did you hear that? yeah that's what it sounded like I thought it sounded like something falling at the back Something. Sorry, uh, pick it up with Zach Merritt. Yeah, a, a guy I thought had a really, really sensational year was, was Zach Merritt. A lot of, a lot of sort of second year players get often have really sort of down years. Yeah. Second year blues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for a guy who had such a great rookie season to have 
to even improve on that, I think he's going to be a really, really important part of that midfield for, for a long, long time. Yeah, and I think they've got... No, I think the midfield's really good. So you've got the talent to bolster it where you can start... Um, instead of resting and subbing people off the bench, you can rest players down in forward pockets and they can mm. still hold their roles. Um, was there any serious concern about um, changing captains at Essendon? Like, were they seriously actually considering that? I reckon they, they probably spoke about it. it. It wasn't an automatic reappointment for yep. Watson. Yeah. Um, yep. But um, when they did make the decision, you know, and obviously a new coach coming in, um, they were very adamant, like, all right, decision's done, let's go. Yeah, right. And I think, it, yeah, there definitely would have been some discussion, but I also think it, at the end of the day, if Watson had said, I don't want this, they would have been like, fine. If he had said, let's do it again, I'll be captain, they would have been like, yeah, Leave it up to Leave him. Leave it up to him, yeah. 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 I suppose especially he's got the respect of the playing group that's there. Yeah. Um, led them through those hard times and you can see took its toll on him. So yeah, I guess it was just a matter of if he actually wanted to do it and after going through all that. And the other thing is that Heppel's obviously going to be the next captain. Yep. Yeah. And Watson has spoken before about how he felt he was captain too early when he yep. first became yep. captain. So I've, I think there's always that risk of giving it to, to Heppel too yeah, early and too just early let him again. Yeah, you know, give him a couple more years as like that vice captain role and let him well, come I mean, into it on his own. Melbourne made their captains too early and nothing bad came out of that. Well, worked we, out fine as far as I'm. We, we kept Mark yeah. Neal out of the um, <laughs> <laughs> out of the process this time. Do you they asked him just as a gag? Like, hey, Mark Neal, do you reckon we captain? Uh, well, I reckon shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> Maybe it was just like that Seinfeld episode. It was like whatever Mark Neal said, we'll just do the we'll opposite. Do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost yeah, like the can't win story. I think. Or a pop telling a story about old mate can't win, where he'd um, circle the horses in the um, paper every morning. Yeah. But he circled ones that he was not going to bet on because he bet on um, he can't win. the quads, or whatever. Yeah. He's playing golf one day and the missus saw the paper there and he's going fuck. Has put his bets on. I go put it on for him. She bet on the circled ones. Of course, he gets up. Yeah. <laughs> Takes home a couple of grand. I, I think everyone's pop's got that story about well, someone. I did it once at the Broken Hill uh, races. We're in the last race, there's only six horses. I went up to our mate uh, Billy, Billy Pritchard, yeah. and went, All right, Bill, who are you picking? He goes, Oh, that one. I go, Right, cross that one out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, got up. I was happy with that. Um, so let's have a look at uh, season 2016 then. Um, have a look at some of the, uh, the big ins for the club. Now, one very important in is Matthew Lewenberger. Yep. Um, yeah, the other so. being Craig Bird. But we'll talk about Lewenberger first because the ruck was um, uh, an area where they've lacked, mm. I'd say, even before Paddy Ryder left. Yeah. Because um, Paddy Ryder was inconsistent. So yeah. you don't know what you're going to get out of him from week mm. to week. But when he left, you're left with nothing. Well, yeah, when a couple of weeks ago I was on here and I spoke about how a lot of our game was built, built upon Ryder sort of out jumping and getting us first use of the ball and then when we didn't have that for a whole year this yeah. year um, adding to the fact that all our midfield was shot to pieces as well you could really see how how it just sort of screwed up the entire structures that we had yeah yeah. Um, so yeah having that guy like Lewenberger who if he's healthy which you know I say, that's the thing I wouldn't be pinning too many yeah. hopes I mean I don't think he was Essendon's first choice either I'm sure they made many inquiries on Hey, uh, Steph Martin. Yeah. Melbourne's nice. What's you going to take? <laughs> heard, I heard your missus likes Melbourne. <laughs> she doesn't get a new one, mate. Plenty <laughs> here. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> but, I mean, I've always heard out of players out of Brisbane always said, how good is Matthew Lewenberger? Like, he, mm. he must train the house down. Mm. Yeah. Yet to see it, though. He's, he's not very convincing on field. Yeah. But it's a good move for him because Steph Martin's clearly overtaking him at Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. And he's going at uh, Essendon where he's going to walk into yeah. the number one ruckman role. And he spoke about last year how he was made to play forward as well when he wasn't in the ruck and how it didn't suit him. But yeah. now yeah. that the yeah, has gone, right. he's, he's going to have more of a chance yeah. to you know come to the ruck and then go to the bench and spend less time in the forward. And yeah. that's going to suit Danaher too because yeah. he's yeah. not suited to the ruck. No. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so painful. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, you need um, someone to be able to get your first use because, like you said, you've got a really good midfield and you want to be able to hit Danaher out in the lead. Mm. Um, a lot of times, you need to spend more time in the weight room to get a bit more strength, but um, if you can get him first use of the ball, it's very hard to stop or get in front of or yeah. defend against him. So, I think so. at that age, though, the, the weight rooms, it's it's too late. Yeah. Like, he's he's, just not he's 200 plus centimetres. I think he yeah. is what he is. Yeah. And his strengths, honestly, are his vertical leap and yep. the fact that yeah. when he's outstretched, no one's you can't reach him yeah spoil him or anything yeah it's almost like a more coordinated version of Ben Brown or something (laughs) he's the other lead just I was going to say I think I'm a more coordinated (laughs) version (laughs) 
Um, and, and Craig Bird, who was uh, pretty much uh, just, I think, traded out so that uh, Sydney could get more picks. Yeah. Like yeah. Cash it in for their academies. Yeah. Um, a depth player, would yeah. you say? Yeah. I think, yeah, we became that sort of odd man out yeah. at yeah. Sydney when obviously their midfield is incredible. Yeah. But got- again, having that sort of inside player. Again, uh, this season we had Myers and Hocking out and we were just getting smashed in the middle middle because yeah. none of our guys are big enough. Well, especially yeah. with Myers, how good his kick is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, that's what you miss most out of him. Yeah. 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 And I think also it's important to be able to have enough, you know, talented players there. They might be feeling the meat out on the bones, but they still have to be accountable, accounted yeah. for mm. by the opposition defence where at the moment, if you block a couple of players, they're still in this really to shut down sort of their uh, yeah. offensive options. So mm. being able to spread out of the defence is really important in order to be able to get that free-flowing going to the yeah. forward lines and space. Well, what was happening is that, you know, Watson, Hocking and Myers are out. And so guys like Stanton, Zyrakis, yeah, yeah. were getting the best midfielders. Yeah. Yeah. And so when everyone loses, like, yeah, that sort of... When everyone moves up yeah, the order yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it becomes a lot, lot harder. Yeah. Um, and now with... Uh, the, obviously, the other big out is Hurd. Um, yeah. And we said this last time, The one of the shames is we, we still don't know if Hurd can coach. Mm. Yeah. Um, and... Um, Worst fault, we know we he can, yep. but he's been out of the game for a little bit. But having said that, he's got all the resources behind him, and it's a big club looking to wipe the slate clean. Yeah. Um, and I think some of their other outs uh, are actually going to be um, helping in that way because they lost a lot of the the top end talent age wise. Yeah. So if we go through the outs, um, we'll start with Chapman, Winderlich, and Fletcher. Yeah. Um, Winderlich, I think, regrets going on that one extra year. Mm. He, he, yeah. he would have left on a high if he left the year before. Yeah. I think it depends whether his contract covers his medical bills at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly needed that. Um, Fletcher, uh, it was a bit of a shame he's 400th mm. end of the way he did, yeah. but yeah. he played 400. Yeah. I mean, you can't take that away from him. Yeah. Um, he was, an, uh, you know, like they say, an icon of the game and been there since the debut in 1864, 1864, yeah. <laughs> just after the formation of the Melbourne Football Club. Yeah, he played in the university's last game. So. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's a shame that he ended in, in, in a vest, but he still has been there for, you know... Um, 22 years. 22 yeah, years, yeah. two premierships. Mm. It's yeah. not a bad career. Yeah. Really, his sons started playing? I think his sons are under 18s. Under 18s, yeah. yeah so... so. Won't be too long to wait between another Fletcher getting in there. So. Between the next one, yeah, yeah. that's it. Is it generation three or four? Because I think he's a third generation player, or I is he no second idea. generation? He might be second. I think yeah. Heard was third generation. Yeah, and yeah, Fletcher's, that's right. Yeah, because Ken Fletcher was two hundred and something games for us. Two hundred stupid, yeah, yeah. some weak effort, ridiculous, really. yeah, <laughs> bullshit. And then uh, uh, Chappie. Uh, Chappie was a good pickup. I thought he was good. Yeah, he played two or three years. Ah, uh, uh, two years. I mean, he was. I mean, obviously, he wasn't going to have a long career with us, no. but he came in and did what he was paid to do, and he did it yeah. well. It was yeah. just he it, certainly his effort didn't um, waver. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he still had plenty of skill. Um, I thought it was a, a better pickup by comparison when you look at when Richmond got Ben Cousins to try and teach their young midfielders how to play. I think Chappie was putting way better effort than what Cuz was then, and uh, even those had both sort of knock-on effects of how they taught. The rest of the midfielders had to play, kind of set up. He so. still kicked important goals. Yeah, he still did important things. Which is like, what he did at Geelong. So. Yeah, it didn't look like he'd lost any um, sort of game awareness. Like he still yeah. keep with the flow of the game and figure out how to get his hands on the ball and work your way through a game more yeah. or less. It was yeah, he was real. He was still really good at what he did, but it was becoming clear, sort of towards the end of the year, that the game was starting to get. Yeah, like his uh, brain was still there, but his body was. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah injuries rack up, yeah. and they'll yeah. do that after what near on three hundred games. Or yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Um, what'd you make of his book? Um, I've only read that sort of extract where he had where a go. Pot shots got on, but yeah, um, it'll be interesting to read and um, sort of hear the full story, but. For those that haven't, he said that Goddard was a selfish player, more or less. Yeah, you know, with In a some nutshell, yeah. sort of good at finger pointing and yes. Yeah. Um, but from the outside in, it doesn't look like, um, you know, you don't want to talk out of school, but it doesn't mm. look like he's, you know, gilding the lily or anything. There's, it yeah. looks like he's straight down the middle. Mm. Yeah. Um, so especially he said like, I know this because I was like that when I was yeah. at Geelong. Like, yeah. I was exactly the same. I thought I fucking knew everything. And then I realized, hang on, I don't know shit. I mean, it's going to be sort of impossible, I think, to tell without being inside the football club what yeah. kind of yeah. Always. leader yeah. is. But, but don't let that stop you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll still speculate. Let's speculate. But exactly. even, um, I'm going to all my life. Because <laughs> I think the, the, the big example I can think of is there was a game against Brisbane this year when uh, it was like a 10-goal win for us or something. And 
Danaher played really, really well. I think he kicked about six goals or something. Yeah. And there was one passage of play when Goddard had the ball about 70 metres out and there was a basic miscommunication um, where Danaher led up when he was supposed to lead back. And yep. I think Essendon ended up scoring a goal and then after the goal you could see Goddard just go to Danaher and just sort of walk him through, talk him through what happened. Yep. And yep. I think you don't sort of see that on TV. No. You're not going to read about that. but yep. You won't see it replayed Monday night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's the kind of value he can bring in his leadership. And again, without... Yep. Being inside the club, it's impossible to tell whether that's you know the norm or an anomaly. Yeah, yeah. Anomaly. yeah. The, there was that game where uh, Goddard was um, spitting at somebody, um, you know, and, and going off like yeah. he does, like yeah. he has his entire career. Yeah. And then it was Heppel who went up and grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and said, "Oh, he headed mm. the game." Yeah. yeah. Um, so there is that side of it that, um, and, and Goddard reacted really well to it. Yeah, it's that crying. Um, so I mean there is that side that you can see that he recognises it and respects yeah. when he's been told and look every player is going to have flaws like some yeah, players are going to be yeah. crap kicks or crap handballs and Goddard's or, might be or, the or run other players into point posts <laughs> <laughs> it happens <laughs> I think Goddard's is just he, he just flies off the handle too much and it it's good what you, yeah and it's good what you said about Heppel as well because it shows that Heppel's the kind of leader that's not afraid to stand up with guys like six, seven uh, years yeah. older than him. Yeah. games more than and, him. And, you know, be able to say, pull your head in yeah. and be respected and listened to. Yeah, yeah, that's the most important thing is, is already that, having that respect when you rock mm. up. But especially with players like that, who was BJ was number one draft pick, wasn't he? Yep. For a yep. gun all the way through school. When you've been yep. good your entire life and you're around the same people, as, I'm guessing sort of the pecking order, it must take a while before it starts getting worked out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where mm. who's really at the, the highest level of respect and the one he's into and the one that dictates those sort of public floggings on a field, yep. you know, mid-playoffs, things like that. And with sort of BJ there, uh, sort of found himself in a leadership role because obviously they've had a clean-out and whatnot. Um, I think it's important to at least have someone there who's going to put their hand up because even if it's not the right thing, you're showing some sort of initiative mm. and you get someone like Hepper who's going to follow along and you know sort of at least beat out some sort of structure that yep. you're going to have across there. Um, also in the outs, we had uh, Jonathan Giles, which um, the fact that you got yeah. anything for him um, says... I think a ham sandwich is the, <laughs> a starting <laughs> offer. Yeah, and, and I reckon that somebody had a bite of that sandwich <laughs> first. Um, he's, at, he's now over at his fourth club um, over in the West. Yeah. yeah. Is he in the West? Yeah, yeah West I'm coast. pretty sure. West I remember, coast. I remember yep. reading it exactly. yeah, last night. Last so. night we talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it was. I mean, it's easy to take shots at him because he's it yeah, obviously no, that's just, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. that's great too. Um, <laughs> that's why I love the internet. <laughs> but and it obviously didn't work out. But I don't think that's a sort of knock on his ability. I just think it was a, a shit situation for him. That yeah, obviously yeah. with Lewenberger and and Bell Chambers and McKernan, he was definitely going to be the odd one out. Well, yeah. that that's really telling is when mm. his first year at the club. They're screaming out for a ruckman, and yeah. they've gone for a bloke who's six inches shorter. Yeah, and not a leaper. Yeah, know? and um, also, well, there was that game against West Coast when Carlo was a ruckman. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. Yeah, well, that's when they just went. You know what? We're losing the ruck anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I think, yeah, I mean, the big concern with Giles is that he's sort of that slow lumbering dinosaur yep. that would have worked in the sort of eighties yep. and nineties, yep. where you know defensive running isn't as big of a thing as it is yeah. now. And when you get him on sort of big grounds like. Subiaco yeah. and MCG, you, you, you're going to get burned. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I mean, not too bad at the centre bounces, but as soon as the ball's gone, whew. yeah. Once it's on the once it's on the deck, he's yeah, that's so, a long way down. Yeah, yeah. trying try like to man up against Goldstein or something like that, <laughs> yeah. who are pretty good, you know, around the knees and stuff. Um, well, that's it. I mean, we have uh, like six genuine All Australian contending ruckmans. Mm, yeah. You know, let's go: Sandilands, Goldstein, Nat Nui, um, uh, Jacobs, not, Jacobs from Adelaide. Um, and there's a couple others that I'm escaping. Oh, Mumford. Mm. Mumford, um, yeah. You know, he's an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, David Hale. Yeah, he's Hale. retired. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, he's, he, he got his... He did his job. We'll, we'll say that for <laughs> he him. He did things. <laughs> things, things, he did. And, and some stuff. Look, and Stefan Martin. Mm. You know, yeah. I'll put in that category. Yeah. He might be the back of that category, but he's still in it. Yeah, and um, in a different team, you'd probably bump him up the list a little bit too but yeah. you just forget about him so, so that's what I mean like there's some real quality ruckman going around mm. yeah. and so if you're below average it's yep. a long way yeah. up yeah and it seems like if you know you don't have um, the advantage in the ruck it's almost you can see ruck altogether and yep. you try and shark um, their opponents like because how many people how many times would I probably check it up but I won't 
um, that Frio would have an advantage in uh, hit outs, but, but not hit outs to advantage. Yeah, yeah. hit outs to advantage, shit yeah. like that, and lose those stats. And it's because you almost concede that ruck when you know that you're going to have a clear advantage and you'll try and counteract that by having that clear advantage of sharking and the midfield and the structures how you run them. Um, not, yeah, sorry. There's almost there was sometimes where you saw the ruckman go up and it was almost fake ruck. And you yeah. sort of go, oh, and then all of a sudden he's down and waiting for the crumb. Waiting for the crumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Geelong system. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Which is weird because Geelong have got to like, they play 12 Ruckman a game. Yeah. yeah. And they've got another one this year <laughs> yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Lockie Henderson from fucking Carlton. Apparently he's, uh, did they get another one in the draft? With oh, they got Zach Smith from Gold Coast. Gold Coast. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, they can't help themselves. I know, especially how, how can like Paddy Dangerfield just fall on your lap like that. It's disgusting. <laughs> I don't hear no one wanted to go home to Richmond. <laughs> then again, I've been to Richmond. <laughs> I was going to say, you got a lot of hipsters. I don't think it's gonna, not going to work out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bridge Road and even Victoria Street, they're not really the most desirable places to hang around. I did live on Victoria Street once, and once you sort of dodge all the junkies and yeah. um, other sort of interesting characters. It's Don't look sideways, anyone. <laughs> it's not a bad place. Yeah. Oh, I'm still scared to use the ATM, the Commonwealth Bank there on Victoria Street, because yeah. I just feel like someone's going to grab it and then run down that little alley. Stab you with a chopstick. <laughs> yeah. Well, threatened too, but, you know. Um, also lost Jake Melksham. Um, yeah. Which, look, I thought... Um, yeah, how do you say it? Not that of a disappointment. I think you got a fucking steal. Yeah. <laughs> what you got for him. It, I think it has the potential to be sort of a win-win for yep. for both teams. Yep. I mean, a lot of it was made of his contract, which was, I think, 400000 which it looks a lot now, but the salary cap's about to rise yep. a lot. Yeah. So yep. that 400000 might be the equivalent of, say, like a 250000 yeah. which is pretty... Yeah. For a guy like Malcolm, you yep. know. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep. And to get pick 28 or 29 or whatever it ended up being you know you take yeah. that if you're Essendon yeah he's a yeah. funny player too because they always made a, a lot of his boxing um, background mm. I thought yeah but what weight division was it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did look like he's a few times on the field he's you know, pushing his weight around yeah. but it doesn't help when the other person doesn't move <laughs> yeah and it starts making you think hmm, I don't mind my chances actually yeah. <laughs> um, and of course the big one was Jakey Carlisle um, yep Sort of uh, got out just before he, he found Snapchat, which mm, yeah. w- worked out well. Um, <laughs> it was the Essendon uh, supporter that leaked that, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it was Jake Carlisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Snapchat's fucked. <laughs> um, like but pure talent-wise, mm. it, it is a, a big um, uh, loss. Yeah. However, yeah. he wanted to play key position back, yeah. and Hooker and Hurley were better. Yeah. Yeah. At that position solely, they're better. Yeah. His kicking for goal at times was um, patchy. Yeah, that's, that's a quite nice, generous way. Nice way of putting it. Yeah. It, it wasn't John Butcher bad. No, yeah, but no. it was you know. And like they say, I think you can you can teach someone how to kick. You can teach someone how to handball, but you can't fix stupid. No. Mm. So I think it's almost like in one ear out the other, and you're just not really ever confident enough that he's going to really follow along what you're trying to tell him to do. It'd be very interesting how he goes at St Kilda this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to see how we go down back with the sort of... He almost just gets to start again with a new, fresh year down back. Yep. And we, I think yeah. we're going to really see how good he is because I still think he's he's going to turn into probably one of the best key defenders. There's a reason why Hawthorne was so keen on him. Yeah. yeah. I want to see how St. Kilda are going to handle off-field issues again. <laughs> oh, they've got experience. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Well, no, they're coming back from Seacliff, Seaford now. They're coming back into the city, so they're going to be a bit more... Loose, I reckon. A bit more temptation. <laughs> a bit more reckon. things going on, yeah. They put him out to Frankston for a while, thinking, surely they're not going to be as dodgy as the fuckers out of Frankston. <laughs> and they weren't. It went pretty well for him. So, haul him back into St. Kilda and see how they go. Well, actually, where are they? Elwood or fucking... What's there? Raven. Uh, Raven. Raven. Right, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Talent-wise, there's a massive upside there. Yeah. But, it again, it, it could end up being a win-win. Because you've got pick five. Yeah, pick five. Pick, pick five for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Not right. bad. Yeah. In a shallow draft, like yeah. I keep saying. Yeah. But fuck knows what they mean by a shallow draft. Because you, drafts, you've yeah. you got no fucking you know. idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, no one knows what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Oh, except, you know, what was it? 03 or whenever it was, when they said it was a super draft and they were fucking right. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I think like some of the um, young talent would be tanking already, just so they don't go to Carlton or <laughs> Melbourne or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Will he be better than Hooker or Hurley um, in pure talent-wise? Mm. I mean, he, like yeah. I said before, his best maybe, yeah. but um, you, you don't have the same consistency, especially no. out of and going on the 2015 season, not a hard choice if you had to pick between the three yeah. of them, one yeah. of them to leave. Yeah. Um, he, he's the one you go. You yeah. pick five, yeah, you'll be pretty happy. Mm. And again, it was just coming back to 
you know, guys like Hurley and Hooker, they obviously, it's clear that they, they want to be there. Yeah. yeah. And when you've got a guy who, you know, is army and iron and obviously and did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. He, he made his position yeah, known. quite clear. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when you mean, I'm guessing they're going to have to be pretty tight with the budget and things like that because you don't know what fines are going to be in the making. So, Well, WorkSafe just hit him up for... Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Fucking more. Yeah. yeah. Just because WorkSafe weren't unpopular enough, apparently. <laughs> so, you know, when you well, look at... We're very where... <laughs> popular with about 17 other teams now, I think. Yeah. I mean, well, just, you... See, that's a problem though. If the AFL finds them, then the fine gets divvied up. Mm. WorkSafe yeah. just pocket it, man. They've had the best Christmas party of their life. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, it probably wasn't anyone from WorkSafe or someone's rocked up going, eh, I'll put my hand out, try and get some money out of it. The transport union's next. <laughs> <laughs> like, all those buses out of Windy Hill. Come on, guys. Uh, who, uh, Dorovich? Dorovich. Oh, yeah, the construction <laughs> fucking... What are they? No, I can't no, they do the blood testing. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, we yeah. had the contract, yeah. guys. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so on the draft front, because Essendon made a concerted effort to go to the heavy in, in this draft. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through a, a couple of their early picks like Darcy Parrish and Aaron Francis. Mm. I think they were yep. four and five or five and six. Because uh, it worked yeah. out with Sydney. I can never tell with the other yeah. academy shit. Bloody academy shit. Yeah. But Darcy Parrish was the one that they yeah. penciled in. Yeah. Yeah. The one that they wanted and it that's was, what they got. Yeah, it was going to be two of three out of Parrish, Francis and Oliver. And, yep. and Melbourne took Oliver, which left us. Parish and Francis. So you got what you wanted there. Yeah. Parish is, I don't think there's any question on his talent, but I just wonder about his size and yeah. how he's going to translate to the, to, to the AFL. Yeah. Well, I think he'll do really well, but... Hopefully he gets yeah. time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, there aren't many draftees who haven't played state league hmm. that are ready round one. Yeah. Yeah. In their first year. Mm. Um, and yeah. that's, you know, we had a go at Melbourne before, but that's one good thing they did with Jesse Hogan. They got him as a 17 year old and went, right, yeah. you're not yeah. seeing nothing until, yeah. you know, year two or, or whatever it was. I think mm. especially you've got to have the older, bigger bodies in your team sort of protect those protect. young people as well. Whereas yeah. Melbourne, I mean, they've got Jones. That's all they had to, he's not going to yeah. protect shit mm. when, you know, he's too busy getting the ball himself and trying to do something with it. Okay, so looking at the 2016 season for him then, the, uh, the double up games are always interesting. Uh, they've got two against the Tigers, the Cats, the Saints, Gold Coast and Carlton. Um, so, that, I mean, for a team that finished the 15th, it's about what you'd expect. Yeah, it's yeah. not too bad. Not being too, uh, too mean with the top, uh, top teams. Yeah. Uh, although, having said that, I think Geelong's going to be a top four team this year. Yeah. So yeah. There's a tough yeah. one. Yeah. And getting Geelong twice, I think it was, was part of the plan anyway because you got like the, the country game. The country game. game, yeah, in round four. Which well, is what really. losses for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, it's it's good that you know I mean, when it comes to marquee matchups, obviously they've got the dream time at the G and the Anzac Day. Yeah, um, I, I applaud them for trying the country game. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Where's it being played? Yeah, MCG Ararat. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's being played in the middle of Melbourne. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess Anzac Day is not played in Gallipoli, is it? So, no, that's right. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fucking Sheedy's justified himself there again. So, so they're just going to, like, I don't know, send buses out the country or something? It's like reverse gentrification <laughs> going into the SCG? I think that they're going to open up the, the gates and everyone's got to drive in and park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've got to reverse Beat up. the horn after every goal. They're going to turn off the uh, the match review cameras for the day. So <laughs> wax behind players. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you want to see, like a heritage round or something. <laughs> all the old rules are gone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just make the field just an absolute mud bath. Yep. Yeah. Oh, bring in mud, yeah. yeah at half time. So play the first half dry and, and then drop just in mud. Yeah, <laughs> drop in mud drop in wicket yeah just like, that'd be great for the, for the wives and girlfriends <laughs> um, yeah but you're right they do play Geelong twice but the second time is Geelong's home game at Etihad yeah what a fucking steal yeah mm. got away with that one yeah actually how do they oh that's right because they've uh, uh, oh, in the contract of Bahamian they can play at Etihad for a weekend is that why they're playing that one there I, I think they just have a certain amount of home games that are at Etihad and a certain amount that are at, that are at Kadinia or whatever it's called now. Right. And Skilled, then they leave the... Skilled Stadium? Or something else. Yeah. Whatever it is. Kadinia yeah, Park. Cares, yeah. yeah. And I think they leave the sort of... Um, the the Kadinia Park matches for the sort of like interstate teams. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Where, oh, where they know they can only yeah. get 25. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But that's, still, yeah, I thought if point. Geelong are playing home games um, not at Skilled Stadium, I thought it would have been at the MCG. But anyway, mm. you know, that's to Essendon's advantage as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I'm pretty sure you went and watched Geelong play a game at Etihad Stadium this year. Are they the same thing this year? Like with that setup? 
Because I feel like we watched someone play Etihad Stadium who it wasn't their home ground, but this was a home match for them. Well, uh, Hawthorne Port played there. Maybe it was that one. Um, but uh, I think there's a couple every year. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how many home games Geelong have played there. Yeah, We, we saw Geelong North. North, that's what it means. Yeah. I, I think they, they played there. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because originally it's was, it was North's home ground, isn't it, Etihad? Yeah. But for whatever reason... The, it no, there. this year it was North's home game at Etihad. But yeah. Anyway. anyway. Um, some key games for 2016. I've got round nine against the Saints um, mm. for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, you know, they're getting thumped by 110 points this year, but obviously it's you know Jake gets to come back, mm. and I'm sure you know um, we're, we're past booing now. You know, I, I, <laughs> I have no reason to boo Carl. I, you know, got us pick five and you know, <coughs> jacked up his trade value by you know saying he'd go to Hawthorne. Applaud <laughs> him for that. <laughs> and again, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks to Hawthorne at all. <laughs> how ungrateful they are. <laughs> I'll um, give him a boo and I don't carry the way. So, <laughs> peer pressure. Be of it. <laughs> um, it'll be very interesting though to see if he lines up on Danaher. Um, mm. I, I imagine yeah. that they've known a bit about each other at training and that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be one for the fans. And the other key game I put down was uh, round 20 against Geelong at Etihad, which we just spoke about. Um, so who are we expecting a big year out of this year for, for Essendon? Um, I think Danaher's going to keep improving. You better. Um, yeah. I, he was... He's had good games. Yeah, I, I don't think anything he's done so far isn't throwing up red flags. Yep. I think yep. he's done what he what he can do, and he's been taught really well, obviously by Lloyd. Yeah. In the goal kicking front. Yeah. So, and I think now Lloyd's taken a step back, but he's still going to be around. Yeah. Like yeah. A sort of Obi Wan. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so he's, I don't know. Is he going to fucking kill him? I'd like to see Hurley sort of. Get his own little minions and create a backline that's his, because um, he can't do it all himself. And especially with how well he did it this year, it's going to be a key focus when you start to play in against um, Essendon, because their their talent is still there and the experience is still there. And the problems they had weren't skill wise or you know on field issues or the off field issues that was one of their biggest downfalls. So with that, hopefully equaled out. Um, I think they should have a, an edge over someone like St Kilda but they are the teams that they're going to be competing against not only for um, uh, going up the ladder ladder positions but also for possible draft picks and that and it's almost like a yardstick where you want to measure, measure yourself against because like we were saying last night where it feels like St Kilda have gone on a different strategy to like North and Essendon and teams that are around that sort of area where Essendon, uh, Saints have gone for complete um, underage clean yeah, out, yeah. Clean yeah. out. Um, CA can do that and North Melbourne's gone for the patch together. But Essendon, with the, the circumstances they were in, was kind of a different one where they had to make do yeah, out of necessity for a while. So now they can put a plan into place. It'll be really interesting to see how... Well, I'm interested in how those three teams um, play against each other and where they end up. I think they'll be fighting for positions that'll be the same. Yep. But I think Essendon probably has the best uh, ground standing on, provided yep. that you sort out these issues. Considering the situation they've been in, uh, I think they've done very well that if worst case scenario comes, um, you know, when this decision comes down, it won't be Armageddon for them. Mm. Yeah. Um, because, you know, some players have moved on, retired and, and traded out. Yeah. That if they lost all those players, they yeah. still have a, a competitive side and still players that they'd want to put games into anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, mm. it, it's it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, even though there is some some light at the end of the tunnel yeah and it's not a train for a change yeah <laughs> um look, I, I put a big year i, I want to see collier again i want to see yeah. him put a whole season yeah. in um and he can um push for all australian selection if he gets yeah you know if he plays 20 games yeah um from what we saw last year and and obviously you know when you miss half a year through injury it takes a little while to get back to it mm. yeah and um, a stress fracture as well it's not really something yeah you want to yeah with. yeah it's not something that um yeah you know, you, you can't take shortcuts with yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's always going to come back. You always 100%. Yeah. But Danaher was an interesting one too because mm. he's obviously um, the father son and highly um, uh, public um, or uh, lots of publicity mm. more yeah. around it. Um, he showed glimpses this year, but he yeah. also showed that it's still not all there. Yeah. Um, so he, he was another one who was. It was very, very hard for him to succeed in a lot of games. Yes. Um, yeah. I spoke about the Adelaide game when for four quarters every single second he had a guy in front of him yeah. yep. and every time the ball came near him it was yeah. two on one and you could be a second year forward you can be an eight year forward it's 
you're not gonna we're yeah. not gonna be effective when you're coming up against two on that. one three on one doesn't yeah. matter who you are it, yeah it hurts yep so if we're able to if we're able to field a sort of full strength team I think we're gonna see even more improvement of him in terms of his uh, leading uh, his field positioning and just go- and goal yeah, kicking, and goal kicking. Yeah. probably yeah. some better delivery too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he still absolutely. took some good marks I mean, he did, yeah, yeah. when he showed that really yeah. when he gets a full leap at it it's yep. near on impossible to stop yep but it's just getting more of those one uh, more yep. player as well um, is Bell Chambers I think yeah actually. he is in 2013 he was probably the best sort of part of time rough and part of time forward in the game where yeah. he was kick kicking 35 40 goals a year yep. and yep. being able to pinch it in the ruck and if he's able to do that again this year uh, one it'll be we'll be able to continue having that presence in the ruck even when yeah. Lewenberger's around yeah. two it'll mean Lewenberger doesn't have to play in the forward line for long which, stretches of time which means and, you've got that two prong forward yeah, line too. and yeah. three we've got another target apart from Danaher yeah. so he's is this is going to be a huge year for for Bell Chambers, where he could either be one of the most important players of the team, or almost well, out of the league. Well, it leads me into the next one: is who's on the chopping block, and for better or worse, Bell Chambers is yeah, one of them because he needs absolutely. a year. He, yeah. he needs a full year. Just mm. you, know, you want to get your body right. And again, he's another guy that's coming off a stress fracture as well, yeah. so it's going to be it's going to be tough for him. But yeah, it's going to be tough for him. But he's definitely showed in the past that he's really capable of yeah playing that that sort of part time rock, part time forward role. Yeah, I think it's a role that sort of Essendon have made a lot of. They had Hill, who did that pretty well like mm, he, yeah. when he started yep. kicking straight. Um, they got rid of um, Bradley, who didn't do it very well, which was another <laughs> win for the Bombers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll always have There's always a soft spot for Bradley, as, <laughs> yeah. as useless as he was. He was, he was lovable, at least. Editated, yeah. <laughs> it might be a retard, but he was your retard. Yeah. <laughs> like, and believe me, I know, we had Zach Dawson. We had... <laughs> Francis Burke, not Francis Burke, what's Wally, Burke. Wally Burke. I can't remember, I can't remember his first half. I'm pretty sure it was Francis Burke Jr. or something like that. I, yeah, I don't think it was Francis Burke Jr., but no. he was Francis Burke's son. And then we managed to trade into North Melbourne. Yes, oh, God knows Fuck what knows was up with that. Yeah, he was serious, like, where's Wally had? It was almost like he just woke up and went, holy shit, I'm on a football field. What the <laughs> fuck's going on here? It, when we say he's Francis Burke's son, the only reason he was playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, would have been even, you know, uh, we nominate uh, Francis Burke's son. What's his yeah, name? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, Francis Burke's son, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. I think we had the same strategy we, when we drafted Brent Harvey's brother back in the early 2000s and he played about five minutes for us. There you there go. You go. <laughs> I, I had no idea that Brent yeah. Harvey had a brother. <laughs> Have you got um, Long Junior as well? Yeah, Jay, Jay, Jake Long, who's a rookie. He's on oh, the right. yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting to see yeah. if he um, probably get a few games in the NAB Challenge. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he's still undersized. From he's a very, level. very small boy, yeah. Yeah. But if he can turn into... An, I know it's a little bit stereotyping to put in, you know, the Aboriginal into the um, young, uh, crumbing forward <laughs> yeah. role. But that's something that they're missing. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, we had that. Um, I mean, Elwood David played that role yeah. quite well. Um, and th- at the same time, you kind of, I think you need that ability to sort of rotate through the midfield. Yeah, yeah. Which Davey couldn't do, which is you know, why he's not there anymore. Um, also on the chopping block, I've put uh, uh, Gwilt. Um, because uh, like we said the highlights for the year were the back six mm. yeah. and Gwilt can't play anywhere else I and thought he was I thought he was really good I had I was sceptical about yeah. picking him up but obviously when Fletcher down and we, we were missing that sort of third that third back when he like, he did his job he's always going to be on the the highlights you're going to have are going to be him screwing The mistakes. Up. Yeah. yeah. He, he's and got a good blooper reel. Yeah. And yeah. look, when you when you get the ball pumped in the forward 50, you know, 60, 70 times a game, yeah. you, your back six are going to make mistakes. But yeah. Will did everything he could. Um, obviously, there wasn't, there wasn't much else he could do. So, But it is one of those things. Like like you say, it's now the focus is on it. So it becomes confirmation mm. bias. Every time yeah. he makes a mistake, you're yeah, like, oh, exactly. fucking Gwilt again. But you yeah. don't see the you know the five or six times where he'll he's done complete, okay. yeah, where he's done yeah. his job, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not like it's Travis Cloak where you actually want him to do shit. So he's like, if he does some good, like, no, nah, just forget those ones. He's still a shit cunt. <laughs> still enjoy Travis Cloak yeah. hitting the post from the edge of the goal square. Oh, it's, it's, it's awesome just watching him line up. It reminds me of trying to pee after sex. He's got no fucking idea which way it's going to go. See, it's different when you look at Travis Cloak compared to John Butcher because Cloak he puts yeah. so much concentration into yeah. it. And he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk three yeah. steps and then I'm going to go that, and it still fucks up. Yeah. Whereas John Butcher lines up and goes, "All right, guys, don't, don't know where this is going. Let's, let's try our best." Yeah. <laughs> Chaos ball. 
angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one where you just toss it up at an awkward angle. Whatever. Dip the jar. Um, so yeah, the, the, and uh, Courtney Dempsey. I'll put on. Yeah, he's yeah. getting up there in age, and yeah. I think there's again, um, he's sort of in the same position as uh, uh, Gordy. Um, he was one of those players where if we if we got an offer for him, we probably would have taken it. But yeah. Yeah. when you've got 40 spots on the list and the choices between Dempsey for another year or, you know, pick 80 or something. Yeah, yeah you, exactly. You, you just take Dempsey for another year. Yeah. He's yeah. a guy with 100-game experience. He, while, while it may seem the opposite, he, he does know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least like 40% of the time. Yeah. Was, <laughs> was it this year, that little back heel? Oh, that was last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah. It was great, though. It's about him finding a role and making mm. it his... And he did that this year yeah. where he, he became that sort of high half forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, you know, when when he sprays his kicks, which he does quite often, it's not going to hurt you as much when it's, you know, 60 metres out yep. from your yeah. goal as opposed to in the back pocket. Yeah. yeah. The other end, yeah. yeah. I think he's got to, yeah, find his own role because if he doesn't do it this year, they're going to mm. obviously recruit someone who's yeah. going to fill that role. So, so he, has to, he has to nail one down. They got rid of a lot of... Uh, uh, senior players last year and brought in a lot of young young mm. players. And yeah. gonna, if if he's not you know demanding his spot, yeah, they're gonna yeah. say you know what, mm. wouldn't mind if uh, old mate here got a couple of games instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it will happen for him and guys like Wilt eventually. It's just a matter yeah. of pretty much when. I yeah, think. yeah. Um, right now, you can probably say they're best twenty two, best twenty five. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. the day comes when there's you know a young guy who's able to sort of push him out of the yeah out of the best team because at the end of the day, those guys aren't going to be part of your next premiership so yeah, yeah. Um, so where do we see them finishing uh, this year uh, Will year. where do you reckon they're going so uh, 2015 6 wins and 15th mm. but uh, the, I can't see them going backwards from there no I don't think so either and I mean obviously I'm sort of predicting this based on a, a favourable wider outcome but um, so you can't be doing that man I chose Tigers as <laughs> <a> 6th <laughs> <laughs> but Oh, like I said a couple of weeks ago, this team isn't that radically different from the team that was, you know, a finals contender in 2013, 2014. So it wouldn't surprise me to see them finishing anywhere from, say, bottom of the eight, the top eight to, you know, 15th, 14th, yeah. something like that. Yeah. They are one of those teams that, they could, like you say, 6th to 15th, yeah. all yeah. possibilities. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And we'll have, I think we've got the advantage of a, a pretty good draw. Um, we do have to travel, you know, a, a lot a lot for a Victorian club mm. but again a lot of that sort of 6th to 12th position a lot of it can be based on what your draws like yeah, yeah. and Essendon's draws is pretty good it's, so it's not just who you play but when yeah you know, exactly if you come against teams that are yeah. know, um, just come off a hard one over in Perth or something like that or, mm. or you know a couple of key injuries or suspensions yeah. and a lot yeah. of it's I mean it's so hard to predict because yeah, like you said it's a, a lot's based on what the, the other yeah. teams like and you might run up against a team who's just out of it, and yeah, or, or like this year. I mean, you, you mm. run up against the the Saints that just yeah, everything works. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, if you put happened. them forty deep in the first quarter, I thinking you can just win at a canter, and they come back and mm. end up getting over the line. Um, and like you said, I think there's there's such strength for um, competition between sixth to fourteenth. I think so. It's really hard to anticipate how those teams are going to rock up. And like we were saying, Essendon's problems weren't skill or uh, on-field mm. stuff. They've got the talent there. It was just all the off-field bullshit. So it's really hard to, to figure out where they pencil in because they really could come out and be world beaters. If... And Warsaw's done this before. He's yep. took yeah. a, a West Coast team that was horrible under yeah. Judge. Think, yeah. And, so, he t- and he took him to, I think, sixth or seventh in, in his first there's year. that one year where they went from... Uh, like second last to third or something yeah, stupid exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and, and there's talent there. There's yeah. you know all Australian talent. There's a Brownlow medalist. Yeah, they've got the uh, the cattle. It's just how yeah. they fall into line. Yep. And the other, obviously, the other big thing is 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 injuries and depth. When yeah. Lewenberger, who's probably going to be one of our most important players, is made of glass. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <laughs> yeah. He might play eight games. He might play 20 games. Yeah. And a lot of it's going to be dependent on how on how much he's on the par. Doc Reed's got his work cut out for him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've got one of the best in the business. Everyone's there. broken legs. <laughs> it's gone blind. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, um, I think they're going to be fighting with the Pies, Saints, North and Port for 10th down to 14th spot. Bit of a harsh put, put North it, Melbourne, I think. There. Put yeah, a number on it. We had a couple of North Melbourne people in last night, so... Fuck them. <laughs> I can get behind that. That's yeah, fine. Just like, after that, I put Bombers at 14th. <laughs> uh, Josh has picked 14th as well. Um, and I said 11th. Um, but um, like I said, I was the worst pick last year when in doing our pre-season ladder predictor. So. Let's be fair. None of us have got any credibility when it comes to correct tipping at all. I, at all. I got just as much credibility as any other journalist out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> you got a shooting spot on today tonight. So there you go. That's our um, primer for 2016 for Essendon. Uh, thanks again, Will. Yeah, Much pleasure. Thank All you. Right. Cheers. Right. Peace. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.